Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know by now, I am Ross Bacon and I'm joined by my co-host Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And as you should know by now, because it has been one official year of this podcast, we're a podcast who cracks open a beer and we talk about some movies. Now, tonight we are doing our one-year anniversary episode, and we're going to talk about the guy who started it all for us, Matt Damon, and we're going to talk about his cameos. Matt Damon! <laughs> we're going to talk about his cameos in some movies that he's not necessarily actually in, so... Mike, before we even get into all that, why don't we uh, discuss what we're drinking because that's what we still do on this show. So, Mike, what do you have? So, I'm doing a bit of a fridge clearing episode. I've had a bit of a pile up of beer. So, I'm doing two from semi-recent episodes, one in March, one in February. But the first one I'm drinking is, we're going to do it in my Nick Cage voice because that's what, (laughs) perception is reality. (laughs) (laughs) from Magnify Brewing Company. (laughs) And it's an IPA that's 6.5%. And I still very much enjoy it. It is uh, canned in Fairfield, New Jersey. Okay. And uh, has it changed since we did the Cage episode, the Unready Cage episode? It is not. It's still one of the better... Like, I'm not the biggest heavy ipa fan and okay. it's still it's still one of the more uh, refreshing ones i've had nice nice perception is reality <laughs> that's high praise high praise <laughs> <laughs> yeah and coincidentally i'm actually doing one oddly enough now that we mentioned it i'm doing one from um our uh our nick cage episode as well and I'm doing the Devil's Reach by Cape May Brewing Company because that was the beer company I reviewed on our very first episode. I think I, I did. I'm trying to think what I did. I didn't. I don't. I don't remember what you did, but I know mine. I think was always ready, which was the um, Cape May's like Northeast Pale Ale or something like that. So I think. Yeah, I definitely. I, I think we both went Boston themed. Yeah, yours. I remember for Amy Adams, I did New Jersey Beer Co. Yeah, I did Ship Bottom because I did Barnegat, and I think it was like an Amber Lager, like something about being a redhead, something like that. Oh, I did Flying Fish. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds right. Yeah, because, uh, all right, so I went back and I tried to listen to our first episode. Which it was we, terrible. A little inside tip and a little inside baseball. This is a, this is a peek behind the curtain of Happy Hour Films. We recorded those first two episodes on ha- House Party, the House Party app, with our cell phones. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it sounds so like such. Garbage. And the way we did it too was um, so that it was getting recorded at the same volume for me and Ross. Right. What we did was. I was in a room with my cell phone and I had my laptop in a separate room recording. So right. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot because you would have to like set the record and then you'd have to run up to your room. Yeah. 
It was we we were trying to figure out the best way to do it without spending too much money during the pandemic because we and that that was still sort of peak lockdown time where we weren't going to go record in person and just out of convenience really it sort of stayed as a zoom recording because the zoom has worked really well for quality yeah it has um yeah the only thing i can remember because it was obviously june when we recorded the end of may when we recorded that kind of like what we're doing today we're recording this on memorial day weekend on sunday memorial day weekend but it was probably the same thing because no one was going anywhere and i don't think the mask mandates had fully been in effect yet but um so like people were still kind of like stuck in their house like weren't necessarily going out for anything yeah yeah a lot of places were still closed like it wasn't so they sort of lightened up probably three or four weeks after we recorded like that's when because like i i had wildly long hair and because i had gone like months without getting a haircut (laughs) Mike was looking like Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting when we were recording. Yeah. <laughs> Just a scraggly old man with a beard. That's because I, I had made the pledge that I wasn't going to cut my beard until I cut my got my hair cut. I did that too. I said I wasn't going to, I didn't shave until I was like, I'm going to shave until this is all over, you know? And then it turns out eventually I was like, oh wait, I got to get it. I'm not, I don't like this anymore. I don't like having all this hair in the heat. So I was like, fuck it. I've got my hair, get my hair cut. And I'm shaving everything off. No, I still have partial, I still have some of the beard, but I'm keeping it trimmed. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so back then we were sitting in our respective houses on our respective cell phones, you know, on house party and all that, which was a terrible ad for doing this because the yeah. sound quality is fucking god awful. <laughs> it's such it was shit. really awful, and so to get a decent recording, we had to. We didn't know how well this was going to go, how long it was going to last, so we wanted to do it with mi- as minimal startup cost as possible. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think at the time we even had our Facebook page or Instagram page at all yet. Like we, we just. We did have the the Instagram page went up before the Facebook page did. Yeah, I think the Instagram got started because of the first episode. Like that's yeah. what we had to put. But um, but yeah, so now Mike and I have a more professional setup. I have I have a separate mic. We're still going, we're going through Zoom, but that's a pretty good uh Yeah, we both have separate mics. The Zoom recording works. Yeah, it's it's pretty good for the time being, but um, mm-hmm. even though everything is still opening up, I think we're just going to be keep doing it this way, Justin. Uh, it's convenient as hell. It's not so like one of us doesn't have to travel to the other. To- <laughs> right? Yeah, and especially with Mike being in uh, Monmouth at the moment, that would have been a hell of a hell of a commute for one of us. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but so that little, you know, behind the music, you know, aside, we. Our first episode, we talked about Matt Damon, and we talked about um, Goodwill Hunting and the Born Identity. And then at the end, we did a little bit of our badass challenge that lasted one episode, and then we said fuck it. So- yeah, and then we we read the political climate and chose again, <laughs> chose to right. not do that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like even though we had Katniss losing to Sean Connery and as James Bond, it was kind of like, oh uh, yes, yeah, uh, don't feel great about this. <laughs> yeah. Know? So again, in case anyone was still holding a grudge against that, we apologize, but we are definitely going to be going back to talking about Matt Damon. So listen, if you do like the first, if you've somehow enjoyed that first episode, like 
thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If that's what got you hooked on us, thank you very much. But I'm glad you stuck in there. Yeah, uh, good on you for sticking around. I really appreciate that. That first episode, the first two episodes really are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It was like, even myself, I couldn't get much past, like, into Goodwill Hunting before I was like, nope, <laughs> got to scrub forward to see what we do. And then, like, I accidentally scrubbed into, like, the uh, the Badass Challenge. I was like, Wow. This episode was like an hour and a half long, and I think we spent like half an hour, 45 minutes talking about the Badass Challenge, and we never did again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the Badass Challenge, like, we had the, we had a full, like, the amount of time, we, I think we pl- did more planning for that than we did for the actual podcast, and then we scrapped it immediately. <laughs> yeah, we had a fucking website and everything for it, and it was just, nope done <laughs> don't need this shit anymore like we we made a bracket similar to like a college basketball bracket yeah we was like it was like 10 i think it was 10 people or something like that, or 20 or 20 no we were up to 16 i think we had 16 holy yeah. shit yeah that would have been rough we still would have been talking about it probably like we still would have been like whittling down to the championship at the moment yeah but this week we're gonna so since there's our one anniversary like the one year anniversary i did like i said we were talking about matt damon we're going to talk about Matt Damon's various cameos in his in um, other people's movies, and he's, he has uh, become more well known for his cameos nowadays than yeah. He's been dubbed the king of the cameo for the most part. But um, so Mike, in preparation for this, what did you go back and watch via these cameos? So I rewatched Euro Trip because that is. That is like the the kicker, the kickoff of his cameos. I'd never actually seen Eurotrip until last night. I watched it a while ago, and then this is the, first, the only the second time I've seen it. But there are various scenes that me and my friends would like YouTube just because we love those scenes, like uh, like when they go into the uh, the soccer bar. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, that's a bread. Yeah, they meet Vinnie Jones. Yeah. The hooligans from Manchester United. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, for anyone who doesn't know, you sing Scotty Doesn't Know, which is honestly for being a joke song in a movie is pinnacle early 2000s rock. Well, the thing it was reminding me of was um, I think it's Dead Kennedys that do the actual song, but the song in Airheads that they sing at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was thinking about that. Like, for some reason, that's what was, like, ringing in my head when I heard it. But I love the running gag throughout that movie of that song. <laughs> like, that yeah. Me up. There's a lot of shit about that movie that doesn't hold up, but that absolutely hold, held up, and it was cracking me up. Yeah, it's like a typical early 2000s comedy, like teen comedy kind of it, raunchy. It's a teen boob comedy. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, there's a lot of unnecessary boobs. There's a lot of uh, a lot of probably questionable decision making behind the camera to get those boobs on screen. So it's probably like, hey, you want a career? <laughs> you know, pull out your tits, kind of thing. It's like, well, thankfully, as a society, we have moved. For the most part, I would say <laughs> we've moved past that, but um, it was weird, like revisiting that, like going yeah. back to the day where it was like, you know, fine for like just the horny best friend to want to have sex with anything that moved, you know, and mm-hmm. seeing boobs all the time, even though he's a sexual predator, you know, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cooper doesn't quite hold up in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I rewatched the two movies that really sort of got him his crown as the king of cameos, which is Thor Ragnarok and Deadpool 2. I just watched those scenes. Like, I didn't rewatch. I yeah, watched I didn't, the beginning I, I mean, of Deadpool 2. 
<laughs> but I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, they're they're movies. They're both movies I've seen a lot. I didn't have to rewatch them, but I chose yeah. to because I love those movies. Yeah, I would dead with Thor Ragnarok. I've seen it because for a while, uh, Robin's kick was Hulk. She loved watching Hulk mm-hmm. smash, so we'd watch Hulk and Thor, and uh, so we watched Ragnarok a million times. So. But then, like Deadpool two, I rewatched the like, kind of like the beginning. Just so I was like, "How did how does yeah. this begin?" I forget how this starts. And then I watched the um, they sped forward to the cable entrance where the cameo Matt Damon is Dickie Greenleaf. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I watched the uh, the team with the X Force when they all when yeah. they all die. And then you get Brad the other major cameo, which is Brad Pitt as Vanisher. Now. Mike, did you happen to watch the cameo scene of Matt Damon where Matt Damon and Brad Pitt have a wordless cameo in a movie? Um, no, I didn't. It's Confessions of a Dangerous I'm Mind. looking at his top 10 cameos, and that's number nine. I've never seen it, though. It's wordless. It's on HBO Max right now. You can watch on HBO Max. It's completely wordless. It's just him and uh, Brad Pitt are dating game contestants. And they're like Bachelor 1 and 2. And they literally just sit there and are just there to fill out seats you know, of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just looking at the one guy that's talking. I'm like, it's, it's pretty great. I, but again, I think it's George Clooney directed that. So it's kind of like, yeah, hey, come do my movie. <laughs> um, so some of his, so Screen Rant has his top 10 cameos on here. So okay. we got 10 is Unsane from 2018. I've heard that movie is good. I have not seen it, but I've heard it. It's an iPhone movie. Like, Steven Soderbergh, I think, did that. Yeah, yeah, very low budget is what it says. He shot it on an iPhone. Nine is Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. There you go. Eight is The Third Wheel. The third? Oh, I watched that scene. He's like a jealous boyfriend or a jealous ex-boyfriend or something like that. It's Owen Wilson and Denise Richards, I think. And it is definitely a forgettable movie. <laughs> ben is. Affleck's also in it. Is he really? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's he. It's a dinner scene. Like he interrupts a dinner, and he's kind of like being a dick to Denise Richards because it's his ex. All right, seven is Finding Forrester. He shows up at the end as Sanderson, the lawyer. Six is Deadpool two, where okay. him, him and it's Alan Tudyk, right? Yep. Yep, him Alan and Alan Tudyk. Tudyk are discussing proper wiping habits yep, where you got to go in with the wet, the baby wipe first and then finish it off with the toilet paper. <laughs> right. Get in the excess moisture. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, Dickie Greenleaf is his character in that. Five is the Majestic. I don't remember what he does in the Majestic. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've never seen it either. Four is him on SNL. I don't, I don't think that what? counts. Is that a is that a cameo? It's not Jimmy Kimmel's like running gag with him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he. So the description is though not a film. Damon's first turn and subsequent appearance as sexual assault accused and controversially anointed Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh probably oh. <laughs> made a well received mockery of the man in typical. Yeah, I mean. That's not a cameo. That's yeah, just, I don't think that counts. Does. That's like saying Jim Carrey being Joe Biden was a cameo. It's like he did it, and yeah, that was a thing for a minute, but that's not a cameo. Three is Thor Ragnarok. As theater Loki. <laughs> yes. Um, 
two, they they actually do list ten movies because two is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Which, himself and Loki. <laughs> yeah, the reboot is my personal favorite, though I do love the uh, Goodwill Hunting 2 hunting season. Lemon face, <laughs> lion face, lemon face, lion face. Applesauce, bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> you forgot about Vickis. <laughs> you forgot about Vickis. No, I read Vickis. <laughs> I don't like those apples, Will. What are we going to oh. do? Hot damn it, Ben, not again. <laughs> I wasn't with a hooker. <laughs> I didn't have a hooker this week. <laughs> you want to say, say action, Gus? Ben, I'm busy. <laughs> so, action, Gus? What did I tell you, Ben? I'm busy. <laughs> Count his money. <laughs> Got a giant pile of money. And number one is, of course, Eurotrip. For him singing, Scotty doesn't know. As Donnie, the lead singer of the band at the party, and the I don't know the the uh, the cheater. I guess I don't know. I don't know what it's called when uh, he's the cheaty. Uh, I don't know. It's not so the cheaty. Like, the cheaty is Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> the cheater is Kristen Kruk, but I don't know what the other person in that situation would be. So like clearly he's not innocent in that because he knows all about her cheating on him he specifically wrote a song about it yeah (laughs) now now i don't know if there's a distinction between someone who a person is cheating on someone else with who knows about it versus someone who doesn't know about it yeah if you have no clue that that person is a significant other i mean is it that you are also the cheaty because you are being cheated on yeah i guess in that case you are yeah you he and scotty would be the same in that case because he doesn't know either donnie doesn't know (laughs) but he very much does know and wrote a hit song about it yeah and i do love and he's actually in two scenes he's in that one scene then he's at the very end right like yeah don't they cut back and they're like they're just like getting up from like having sex behind the stage or some shit yeah I just love him. He's got like the piercings, he's got like the big sun tattoo on his neck, and he's just like, ah, he's like, bl- like he has his- the buzz cut and everything. Right. And, like he's the first time I watched it, I don't think I realized it was Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's obviously now it's it well into his Matt Damonness. It's very obvious it's Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, right. The first time I saw this movie was when I was like. 14 and like yeah. i'm not paying attention to that <laughs> right and in that was 2004 so mm. that's well into like you're you're in the born identity era matt damon which is really when he is like hitting peak stardom right i mean yeah or at least he's starting to hit peak stardom yeah that's the one that put him like into the stratosphere yeah because like good will hunting got him a name but born identity is what made him a superstar yeah it's what he became matt damon uh, born supremacy was that year yeah and uh there's another cameo from 2004 the, that year that he does as pr exec number two <laughs> in kevin smith's jersey girl <laughs> now that's the second time he's played an executive for kevin smith because he also does it in chasing amy <laughs> yeah yeah he does show up in chasing amy he does what's he say one line in that <laughs> He says snoochie boochies is what he says. <laughs> because him and Dante's character, uh, Brian O'Halloran's character, say it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy, though, because 
obviously like the confessions of a dangerous mind that's george clooney being like hey brad hey matt we're having lunch i'm filming a movie in 20 minutes get into makeup and we'll throw you in a movie you know that's kind of how it is you know they're just buddies that are hanging out and they're like you know know, i I think i think matt damon actually starts to enjoy his time as a uh as uh just like a a minor character in movies with euro trip i think that's when he just starts to go like fuck it like i'm just who cares you know I get to make out with Kristen Kruk, who at the time was like one of the it girls, like the it hot girls, you know, it's like, why not? <laughs> That's like, so like if I was in Matt Damon's shoes or like, like I'm, I'm a superstar actor getting paid big for born identity. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with it. I'm just, I'm going to show up in whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? You know, I'm doing oceans 12 next door, you know, who gives a shit? You know? <laughs> God, oceans 12. That movie is a, is a crock of shit. Yeah, it's not great, but um, Ocean's Eleven is good. Ocean's Thirteen's okay. Ocean's Twelve is terrible. I like Ocean's Thirteen. Ocean's Ocean's Eleven of the three is my favorite, but yeah. Ocean's Thirteen's a close second because it's got Pete Pacino in it. Like, yeah, yeah, doing, Pacino like, kills it in Ocean's Thirteen. He's I do doing like, like Ocean's ridiculous 13. Pacino, you know? Yeah, but yeah, that second one's just it's just dumb <laughs> like there's some there's there's one funny part and it does it makes me laugh every time because it's got my one of my favorite things that brad pitt's ever done in all of his movies and it's the brad pitt laugh yeah when he does that like forced laugh where he's like ha, 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 like he just just that's that forced laughter it's him matt damon and robbie coltrane as um i forget what his character's name is but he there's a certain way you have to they um they pose to Matt Damon, you have to speak to this guy. Yeah, and, yeah, and this is where Matt Damon starts, is that where he starts to say uh, the Led Zeppelin song? He quotes Cashmere from Led yeah. Zeppelin. And that's, uh, and then they're like, You're, you called his daughter a whore, and like, right. not a good one. Right, yeah, not a, not a good one either. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, because, but the thing is, they're just fucking with Linus, the character, like, yeah. Nothing going on here, but it's it's such a good scene from Damon, but it, it's even better from Pitt because he has that that ridiculous laugh that he does. But that in that scene in that movie always makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that scene is pretty good. <laughs> but of course, now there is the question of whether or not his scene in Interstellar is a cameo. Because he's only in the one scene, but it does go on for I'd say about 10 minutes. Now, I am not, I don't like Interstellar. I don't like the movie. Okay. Now, I have recently seen Tenet. How are you on Tenet? I haven't watched Tenet yet. Okay. My friend tried to make me watch it last weekend, and I just didn't really feel like it. It took me a couple settings to like settings to get through because I like, I got like 20 minutes in, and I was like, oh shit, I got to go to work or something. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm bored. Like, I don't, I don't need to go back to this. But like, then I went back, I finished it off. And really, when you do watch this movie, I want you to keep in mind the end of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they're <laughs> remembering to hide the keys in the future and remember a trash can. It's the same fucking thing in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Except without an endearingly go- goofy Keanu Reeves. <laughs> now, my, my big thing with Interstellar that I don't like about it is... Like, you can say what you will about Christopher Nolan and being, like, kind of pompous with his movies. Oh, he's, but, a, he's fully up his own ass at this point. 
<laughs> but with Interstellar specifically, I don't think the actors actually knew like how like what the concepts were be- that were happening. So they sounded like they were reading it from like a science. They sounded like they were reading their lines from a scientific journal. Like, yeah, the emotional impacts hit, but when like seventy percent of your movie is science garbage that your actors don't understand then yeah you can't blame them for not giving the best performance yeah and that's kind of how tend is i think there's one character it's um what's her name from uh harry potter the french chick uh flor delacour i think her character even says at one point don't try to think too hard about it it's like oh wow really okay <laughs> so that's where we are with this movie gotcha <laughs> that's the other thing when you have to have a character specifically in a movie so that they can explain the movie while it's going on that pisses me off <laughs> right and but that's kind of that is kind of matt damon's part in that movie though like yeah. he's the one that kind of tells about like the isolation of living on this planet and how time's different and he thought he was gonna die like because he was on like because if i remember correctly there was like three different planets they go to to try to find viable life and he just happened to be on the one that, like, one of the ones that wasn't. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of stuck there when he harvests, like, he kills the robot and, like, harvests it for parts, you know, to be a heater or some shit. But, yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. I would almost consider that role a cameo, simply because he's not in a two-and-a-half-hour movie. He's only in ten minutes of it. So. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of a cameo. I guess it depends on what you consider a cameo, like... Is it the is it a time constraint on how much time they can be on scenes? Is it a scene constraint on if it can only be one scene? Is it a time ratio where given how long the movie is, this amount of time equals a cameo? But <laughs> it brings up the nature of the cameo. Because you know, perception is reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think for a cameo, you have to take in consideration the length of the scene. Because his his cameo in um, Eurotrip is in the beginning. It's for one song, which is essentially four minutes or so. Mm -hmm. He pops up in a second little tiny scene. So maybe there's five minutes of screen time. Even Well, even it's a five-minute length scene, I'll say, if you combine the two. His face is on screen for maybe two minutes of that. Mm -hmm. So I would call that role an absolute cameo. Yeah. He's only in the one scene in Thor Ragnarok. He delivers a few lines and then it's done. He's absolutely in maybe a minute of with the pointy time. crown with, with the big bendy horns. Big bendy horns. His scene in Deadpool two is a little bit longer, but it's definitely a cameo because he's got a ton of makeup on. He's got you're not meant, you're meant to be like, wait, is that Matt Damon? <laughs> you're like, wait, who is this guy? This guy sounds kind of familiar. Who is so that. That also raises the question on the purpose of a cameo. So can you bring it, like, if it is actually the actor, like, recognized in that role, or is it, is the purpose of a cameo to be, oh, is that Matt Damon showing up again? Oh, that. (laughs) Exactly. But, like, then there's something like Saving Private Ryan. You know, he's Private Ryan. But I don't remember how much of that movie he's actually in. He's not in very much of it. Yeah, it's not a lot, right? Like, it's him and Vin Diesel are, like, barely in that movie. <laughs> but I don't think you can... He's the titular character. He's not... That's not a cameo. Well, 
It is because the saving private Ryan part, it's not necessarily about him. It's about the men who are trying to save him. You know, there is a bit of a difference. I don't, I don't know if I buy that saving private Ryan's a cameo. Yeah. I mean, again, like I'm not convinced it is, but I think there has to be a, so I think there's a combination of amount of time on screen story relevance of the character like i think a cameo character cannot be that relevant to the story no it can't it it can't it can't hold any real weight like it has to be something that does raise the question for euro trip because the turning point like the call to action for that movie is scotty finding out that fiona's cheating on him which Matt Damon delivers via song. Well, technically, he doesn't find out via the song. The song's the cherry on top. Kristen Kruk breaks up with him mm-hmm. at graduation by telling him, it's not you, it's me. I've been cheating on you all kinds, of, like, a ton of times, you know? <laughs> so she does initiate that, and, and Donnie singing his song just happens to be wrong place, wrong time kind of situation. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. So... So yeah, I think there can't be too much relevance of the character to the story. Oh, absolutely. Whereas like Interstellar, it's a cameo in length of appearance, but it's not in weight of the character itself, like story-wise. Like he plays a major part story-wise. It's kind of like saying Casey Affleck in that movie is a cameo because he's the older version of the kid. He's not in a lot of it, but he's the older version of that kid. It's like, well... He's a main character, technically, you know? He's not Matthew McConaughey or Hannah Ann Hathaway, but he is a main character. Mm. Whereas, like, obviously something like Finding Forrester is a bit different because he's at the end to deliver Sean Connery's will. Yeah. So, like, it's a cameo in the sense that they got a big-name actor. Well, now a big-name actor. At the time, it was a media, a sort of known actor. Mm Mm-hmm. And like they get him to deliver that that information, play that role, but it's it's almost like that role really could have gone to anybody, but they picked Matt Damon, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny. So this is off topic, not off topic of Matt Damon, but off topic of cameos because um I rewatched The Departed again recently, and I was watching it with a friend, and while we were watching it, we were talking about uh. We were talking Mike, about you didn't pronounce it right. Oh, the departed. You're watching Thank the departed. You. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're uh what is the the girlfriend's name, the like Matt Damon's girlfriend's name in it? Uh Vera Farmiga's character? Yeah, Vera Farmiga's character. I don't remember. We, we were watching this movie and we we're like, wow. She just sees red flags and runs at him, doesn't she? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> She, like she is bad at bad at picking she's a terrible therapist <laughs> she's a terrible therapist and like clearly she has daddy issues or something because she's not too good at picking like the only good choice she makes in relationships comes at the end when she breaks up with Matt Damon right <laughs> and that's only because she finds out the horrible shit he's been doing <laughs> But, like, everything about Matt Damon's character spews out sociopath. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then Leonardo DiCaprio's character, 
she's just bad at her job with that one <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely violating you know patient confidentiality don't fuck your patient situation you know All and that. then also i mean everything he says in her office and like obviously he's a better person than who he portrayed in the office but if you go by what he did in the office red flags everywhere <laughs> oh yeah absolutely now but. they're also i mean matt damon and leonardo DiCaprio are also both to very attractive men but right yeah you, you from a certain physical standpoint you can't really blame her yeah <laughs> but like if i was a girl in that position like eh. hey why not you know <laughs> why not and okay so now since we are just talking about cameos mike but we do still have things we got to do why don't we do our beer check-in because i just got my second beer and I have proven something wrong. But Mike, how's your beer? Doing good. I am just about done with my first can, about to start my second. Um, in case, just, I'm not sure how many beer check-ins we're going to do, so I'm just going to introduce the other beer. I, even though I haven't started it, the other beer that I am going to be drinking throughout the yeah, episode is uh, from Jersey Girl Brewing Company, uh, King Gambrinus Belgian Triple. I drank this for the Monty Python episode. Cue, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it's, it's a 10% alcohol, but luckily I have off from school, to, from work tomorrow, so. Yeah, it's Memorial Day. I still have to work, but what are you going to do? But Also, let's recognize Memorial Day. Thank you for, yeah, recognize the service of all those who passed for Memorial Day. Absolutely, yes. Thank you, Private Ryan, for your uh, sacrifice. And, you know, the real people that have laid their life on the line and all that. <laughs> but, um, so, but yeah, so my beer check-in, I have switched to my second beer. Now, it'll be no surprise to anybody that I have switched to Ship Bottom Brewery beer. I have, sh- I have switched to Mermaid Blondale because it's kind of a uh, enchanted character, which we did for Amy Adams in our terrible uh, audio performance. And I am pretty sure I did the Mermaid Blondale for the first Harry Potter. <laughs> that too. That's right. But I found out I'm drinking it out of my ceramic mug and I only got about 12 ounces into that mug. So I think there's about four ounces left. Ship bottom, you need to change your website. <laughs> the cer- yellow ceramic mug does not hold a full 16 ounce beer. <laughs> but Either way, it is still a delicious beer, and I still love I love drinking out of this mug because I feel like a fancy like like a teacher in like the like the uh, like the teacher's lounge, but like yeah. it's filled with liquor, like alcohol. So I'm like, hey, I'm teaching, but I'm drinking. You know? <laughs> That's I'm kind of upset with myself because I actually have a Harry Potter themed beer drinking mug that I did not drink out of once during the Harry Potter month. Yeah, that's a mistake. That's a drop ball right there. It's a uh, it's a stein that holds 40 ounces of beer. Nice. That, that has platform nine and three quarters and the train going through on it. Oh, there you go. Nice. Bought from the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Of course. Why not, you know? But, all right, so back to Matt Damon and his cameos. Um, I'm trying to think of one that we... I think... I think okay. All right, so we we went through the list of what I think what was it? Screen Rant's favorite yeah. uh, cameos. Mike, what is your personal favorite cameo of Mike of Matt? Uh, 
okay, the tandem because they go together to a degree. It's Thor Ragnarok and the Jay and Silent Bob reboot because he is Loki in both of them. Pulled <laughs> out the fake British accent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Ragnarok's cameo is just perfect because well, it's uh, Chris Hemsworth's older brother playing Thor and then Matt Damon Luke. playing Loki. And of course, Loki picks the bigger name actor to play himself. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, he's Matt Damon's much bigger than Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Luke Hemsworth has been on a couple TV shows. <laughs> hey, he was on Westworld for like the first season, so he's got some money. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, that that scene is just amazing. Like, all the things in that scene, because you have Anthony Hopkins, who is playing Tom Hiddleston, who is playing Loki. But who is playing Anthony Hopkins in the play? Uh, who is playing Anthony Hopkins? It's in the Sam Neill, Dr. Grant himself. <laughs> <laughs> now, the best part about that whole story is that obviously Matt Damon knew what he was doing and Luke Hemsworth knew what he was doing. Sam Neill had no idea about anything in the MCU, so he had no idea what was going on when he was playing that character. <laughs> He's like, I had no fucking clue what I was doing as Odin. I just knew I was performing in this little fake play. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good on him for signing on for it. Well, he was, I mean, because obviously it's a Taika Waititi film. He was in Hunt for the Wilder People, which I obviously, again, can't express enough of um, my recommendations for that movie. It's so good. Speaking of Julian, uh, whatever, he was in Deadpool 2. He's a kid in Deadpool 2. He's in that as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty phenomenal. But yeah, that, that scene with Matt Damon as Loki is great. Because even when he stands up and Loki's revealed as odin and all that yeah. and like sam neil pulls his eye patch off the look on damon's face is kind of like but did anyone like my performance damon is so perfect in cameos i love it because like he just he goes full into it like it is actually like like this movie is about him like he goes all in <laughs> yeah he's so good at it because obviously you know he's He's a professional, but he's also like self-aware enough. Yeah. Knows what he's doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Which again, like that self-awareness is perfect. Like, I feel like I like celebrities with that self-awareness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you don't get the joke, you're almost immediately on my shit list, you know? It's like I'm not gonna like you. You know, if you take yourself way too goddamn seriously, I'm not going to like you. <laughs> but Matt Damon gets it. Like, he really gets it. And the same thing is, like, like Brad Pitt gets it, too. Yeah. But, like, he gets it in, like, a different way. Like, he knows he's one of the most famous human beings on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he just still seems like if you were just running to Brad Pitt on the street, he'd just be Brad Pitt. You know? He yeah, for sure. Be, like... Oh, I'm Brad Pitt. I bet you recognize me. I bet he'd be like, just like a dude that you'd bumped into, you know? He wouldn't really, he wouldn't really play it off as being, you know, the most famous actor in the history of Hollywood, you know? It's yeah, like him- definitely not. <laughs> Which, like, you know what would make me happy? If they ended up doing, like, speaking of Tom Cruise, if they did a Tropic Thunder 
not necessarily cinematic universe, but they did a universe of movies where it, <laughs> where uh, Tom Cruise's character in Tropic Thunder is the executive on all of them, and he somehow shows up and <laughs> as Les Grossman in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. Where he's like the Harvey Weinstein of the universe, but without the, you know, the horrible sexual crimes. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like the big, he's the big wig producer. Oh, that would be great. But then you get like, then you get like, um, you get like Clooney, Pitt, Damon. You, even to a lesser extent, you get like your Vince Vaughn's. You get, uh, you get something just to be like in all of these movies. <laughs> and that's what, oh, that so no, what you do, your main cast it's going to be all like nobody actors all no one no one's right. heard of these actors and then just you just have a bunch of famous people just show up in the most mundane parts <laughs> show up as like a school teacher in a scene or something like that or like a like a ticket taker on a bus you know? <laughs> like little like little tiny things like you just drive, like they drive by a storefront, and you just see Jay and Silent Bob just smoking out of there. They don't have any lines. They you just go by, and they're like, "Was that Jay and Silent Bob?" Right. <laughs> they're just like, "Wait, what was that?" <laughs> you call the movie Easter Egg because you got to make the cameos so obscure that you have to watch the movie three or four times to catch them all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. And then because Jay and Silent Bob, speaking of cameos, have had a cameo as well in a sequel of a movie we have talked about which one is it mike wait so like when you say we have talked about is it today is it Every, okay in our one year so far we have talked about one specific movie that has had a couple sequels they appear in a cameo in a in one of the sequels do you know uh, which one it is i'm trying to think through one. I'll give you a hint. We talked about him. Re- we talked about one of the actors recently. We gave him in a, one of our Happy Hour Films Oscars. One of the main stars of the film is in is uh, Bill and Ted. Original. No, no, it's it was an October movie. It was a October horror movie. October movie. Yes. A little a little known director named Wes Craven. Oh oh oh! All right, so. Trying to think what scream is it? Yes, because we gave Matthew Lillard our yep. Oscar, and they are in Scream Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they're, I believe that is when they're trying to get on the bus. <laughs> I believe that that's, the, that that's the proper cameo. <laughs> no, no, wait, no, new plan, new plan. We're not going with no name actors. We're going with underappreciated actors. Matthew oh. Lillard is starring in this movie. <laughs> With all these other more uh, big name of the big name actors are just sort of placing cameo roles. It's like the it's like what was that movie he did with uh, Clooney? Like was that the, the Descendants? Descendants? <laughs> yeah, he could be Clooney could be the cameo in that movie simply because he was the big star in the other one. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that would be great. Now, I think what we should do is we should have a movie featuring all of the Happy Hour films. Um, let's just say one actor, two performances, and Bad, Better, Best. We could get all of those actors in there. So we get Matt, uh, Matt Damon, though, would be the cameo in that movie. 
<laughs> so we get Amy Adams as our lead. We got to give Amy Adams the lead. She deserves our, it. Yeah, she's the lead. Then we get uh, Will Smith as the uh, the other lead. Um, then we can throw in some, uh, we throw in a little Denzel. We throw a little Angelina. We throw in some Keanu. All right, now, th- there is a monkey wrench in this. Uh-oh. How are we getting Patrick Swayze in this movie? <laughs> I mean, we we uh, Grand Moff Tarkin him. We we CGI him in there, like you know. <laughs> we find now, my to... plan. My plan is we go with the route of Hot Fuzz and have them watch Point Break at some point in the movie. <laughs> that works. That could work. Yeah, yeah, that could work. And Either that or they're watching old SNL skits, and it's Patrick Swayze versus Chris Farley. <laughs> The Chippendale scene. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Like that would be awesome. It's, obviously, it sucks that both of them are dead, but it would be great if we could get that that reenactment now. You know, because what's his name? Like fucking Fallon or Corden, one of those two pieces of shit on late night. They love to reenact horrible horse shit from the past, like that shit. Like because they can't think. Are of you own. calling the Chippendale sketch sketch horrible horse shit? Well, no, I was saying more of their mindset of recreating them as horrible horse. And no, that is gold, is what that is. It's because they Corden and Fallon can't think of jokes, so they yeah. have to do remember this, you know. So I, I could see them pulling that back out and be like, "Hey, Farley, hey, uh, Swayze, Farley, you're out of rehab. Swayze, you're an older man. <laughs> Why don't you guys just redo this sketch? Wouldn't it be funny?" <laughs> James Corden then takes him out and like makes him sing karaoke in a fucking car or some shit. <laughs> yeah. That's just me being uh, very aggressive about those two and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because, you know, Cara, Cara watched the Friends reunion recently on HBO Max and like she loves, obviously loves Friends, which you probably heard from when she and Tyler hosted their episode. But That's- James Corden <laughs> the fucking host of that it's like the same thing it's like hey remember this person oh my god it's mind-blowing fuck off Corden. <laughs> i i've never liked friends neither have i but i i can see why people would but james Corden doesn't need to be a fucking part of any of that what they should have done is have paul rudd be yeah. the host of that because he was actually in the goddamn show you know yeah paul rudd man that dude's like immortal like he's getting to be Keanu Reeves status with uh he's not there yet because there's actually paintings of Keanu Reeves from the 1500s. <laughs> I love how you throw that out there like it's historical fact. <laughs> like they have it's, it's a fact. Keanu, Keanu Reeves has been alive at least <laughs> since the 16th century. They have proved and they have proven that they got painted Keanu in 1600. <laughs> <laughs> But Paul Rudd does not look like he has aged at all since the 90s. It's the same thing with Cruise, man. I, I am firmly of the belief that in Tom Cruise's recent movies, they're putting age makeup on him. <laughs> like, I don't think that man has aged since 1996. <laughs> it, his front tooth is, like, in the middle of his face. It's weird. But that's, like, that's, like, the one thing that's not, like, perfectly symmetrical about the man. And it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, Scarlett Johansson's got that weird upper lip. Like, when you see her smile, her upper lip's kind of odd. It's, it's not odd in the sense that, holy fuck, what's going on there? But it's more, like, like, sexy odd. It's, like, oh, all right. But, like, it's, like, that's what it is for Cruz. Like, his, his one tooth is, like, kind of off. And it's, like, oh, 
all right, they're, they're, he might not be perfect after all. But then again, maybe he didn't have the chance before he got turned into a vampire to uh, get his teeth fixed. <laughs> Wait, another plan for a potential Matt Damon cameo movie. So I'm thinking the lead cast. I'm going for underappreciated. So our lead cast is going to be Amy Adams. Of course. It's going to be Matthew Lillard. Of course. We're going to throw a little bit of Sam Rockwell in there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, he's the star of that. <laughs> he's <laughs> naked in a lot, in case anybody <laughs> wants to say it. <laughs> and then the rest of the cast, none of them are going to be very important. Like, none of them are going to have any impact of, on the story, and they're all going to be Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> just, just him pulling, like, an Eddie Murphy. And <laughs> uh, Every every single character besides our main three is going to be Matt Damon. <laughs> that would be a hell of a wow. That'd be a hell of a thing. I'd pay to see it. <laughs> People would. People definitely would. <laughs> yeah, you get Edgar Wright or somebody to direct it. That'd be fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can get we can get we can throw Simon Pegg in it. <laughs> Why not? We can have four main characters and have Simon Pegg be one of them. That's fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like Simon Pegg. Who doesn't? You know, he's a great guy. But you know, just have Nick Frost show up for no reason. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so... Oh, God. You know, but that's the thing. Like, where does Matt Damon go in the future? Like, what are his future cameos? Because... There, there's only so much makeup you could put on him and make him Dickie Greenleaf, you know? I mean, yeah. does he reprise his Donnie role from Eurotrip in some other movie, you know? <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? Like, he's got to be in it. I'm trying to think of what he could be in next. Like, what would be the big thing? It's obviously because, well, obviously we know he's going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Like, he's, yeah. it's already been announced that he's in that movie as playing the same loki so they're going to have some sort of play or something but um oh or now that i'm thinking about it because we all know if anybody's seen the mcu which billions of you have so i'm not spoiling anything here loki dies in infinity war so maybe they're bringing matt damon in to be loki now <laughs> <laughs> so he's actually playing loki not you know it'd actually- be hilarious if they brought him in as Loki from Dogma, like Angel of Death Loki. <laughs> that would be perfect. He's around the MCU with that like hoodie and suit jacket like combination going, like hoodie and overcoat combination going. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has his desert eagle with him. <laughs> that would work. He's just walking around saying, I do believe in this. You know? <laughs> I do believe in this. What does that even, what does that even mean? Yeah, like Hemsworth, just like, what does that even mean? (laughs) (laughs) You're innocent. You're you're an innocent. You're a good soul. But you didn't say bless you when I sneezed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He just randomly shoots Thor, and Thor's just like, ow. (laughs) The hell? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck was that about? Professor Liam Neeson shows up just to kick his ass. <laughs> Loki is constantly. No one knew what was going to happen. <laughs> Loki's constantly butting heads with Chris Pratt as Star Lord. That would be funny because I think I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do with um, Guardians of the Galaxy or As Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever that volume three is going to be. That's, that's what the core of those jokes are going to be. It's going to be Chris Pratt and Hemsworth being like, 
Hemsworth obviously is the god among men, and Chris yeah. Pratt is obviously the guy that was copied too many times and is now the fifth copy of a copy. So he's not quite the original, but he'll pass if you need it, you know. But yes, yeah, oh man, yeah. So like Matt Damon, he's obviously MCU. He's he's, he's contract there. He's going to get more money from them. I, I feel like you could probably fit him into uh, Spider Man. Uh, multiverse ma- or Doctor Strange multiverse madness or Spider Man three, but you can yeah. get him in. The, like, there's got to be a place for a Matt Damon cameo in those. Oh, absolutely, and you know, like, imagine Matt Damon signs on for like a 10, M- 10 movie MCU deal just to do cameos, <laughs> just to play the theater Loki like in different roles. <laughs> like, rest in peace, Stanley. Matt Damon takes over as the cameos. He's yeah, he's young Stan Lee for a couple, <laughs> and then he like turns into Matt Damon. <laughs> Either that or like Disney Fox merger, they have Deadpool do cameos. I think that's probably what they're gonna end up doing. You know, it's yeah, it's and we're Matt Damon. Well, he's gonna obviously, I think, given by what he's done his cameos, he's gonna show up wherever his friends are directing movies and wherever they need him, and he's just gonna show up in. Either roles where you're like, oh, George Clooney's directing that, of course, Matt Damon's in it, or it's going to be something like Eurotrip, where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, why is Matt Damon in this movie? Like, why is he this character? Now, <laughs> you know, it'd be funny if they did, like, you know, how they did Disaster Artist for Tommy Wiseau in of the course. room. Yeah. Now, imagine they did a movie, like a more serious movie, kind of like that for. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck making Goodwill Hunting, and someone other than Matt Damon plays Matt Damon, and Matt Damon just keeps showing up as cameos. <laughs> but you have to have Ben Affleck pay, play Ben Affleck. <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to keep Affleck in there. And like the making of Goodwill Hunting, and like someone else is playing, like not James Franco, because turns out he's a gross pervert. Yeah but you know you get somebody like dave franco maybe dave franco is a good guy so you get him to play matt damon in these movies <laughs> and then you get matt damon just to show up as literally everybody else like gus van zandt kent was money in the corner <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, matt... <laughs> so action <laughs> matt damon's playing they they show the scene from goodwill hunting too and it's still ben affleck but someone else is playing matt damon and you have ben affleck go, so action us and it goes over and matt damon is playing him. <laughs> i said i'm busy i said i'm busy ben <laughs> and they cut back and kevin smith is matt damon because <laughs> i mean he's skinny now he could probably pull it off and be goofy that's all he does to do is make funny faces and that's what Kevin Smith does, you know. He makes his that weird, like I'm shocked to have my picture taken, po- like photo, like face. Mm-hmm. But so, <laughs> I mean, we could obviously go on forever about. Yeah, how- this episode has basically become how silly of a movie can we make that we think people will go see? Because I fully believe people would go see the movies that were pitched here tonight. Oh, absolutely, and you know, obviously, you know, it's the it's the age old saying like a hundred monkeys on hundred typewriters will eventually give you Shakespeare kind of situation. In the until the heat death of the universe, we're going to have a movie that features all of these people in it, and Matt Damon has a cameo. It's just going to happen, you yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah. Now, 
of course, because I haven't mentioned her yet, uh, Samara Weaving is going to need to be at least some sort of supporting uh, role here. <laughs> so uh, you, know, you know who's making the soundtrack for this movie? Is it Power Man 5000? It's Power Man 5000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if we've gotten all of our weird references in. <laughs> we haven't brought up Ricochet yet. Ah, yes, but we could get... Uh, oh, yeah, Lithgow would absolutely be the villain of half these movies. Oh, for sure. <laughs> what? For sure we could get Lithgow as oh, the absolutely. villain. You know, same with Nick Cage. Like, Cage would show up as well. He didn't... He, he'll do anything. That's what... Like, I don't understand why Cage, like, Cage's goal of being in every movie ever. Like, I don't know why he's not doing the Matt Damon tactic of just being cameos. And... <laughs> Dude, Nick Cage... See, that's the thing with Cage, though. He's so... He's such Nick Cage that he like can't not be Nick Cage, you know? Like yeah. his cameos would just be Nicolas Cage, you know? It would be. Whereas Matt Damon's actually, I mean, not that Nicolas Cage isn't a good actor. It's just Matt Damon's more of a up for doing characters kind of actor. Nick Cage is not really at that part anymore. He's just at being Nick Cage, you know? <laughs> You catch Nick Cage in the 90s, he's absolutely doing these cameos. That would be perfect. He could be yeah. Dickie Greenleaf. But wait, what, what could work with Nick Cage is you have him as his character from Willy's Wonderland, where he just shows <laughs> up and doesn't say a goddamn word. So he's like, Matt Damon, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. He's like, Bachelor number three. <laughs> it's just, no, no, instead of him, like, so he doesn't say a word. But for some reason, there's always a Chuck E. Cheese-style place that is a setting for at least one scene, and Nick Cage comes out of nowhere and just starts beating the fuck out of the animatronics. It's like, it's like he's working his way through the Chuck E. Cheese's of the country, like, just going to each one. <laughs> like a killing spree of robots. <laughs> he shows up at Disney World accidentally starts beating up a guy in a costume. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. You look so robotic to me. <laughs> That's how I praise. That's how I praise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We have, we have strayed far from the topic. <laughs> yeah. But Matt Damon works at said Chuck E. Cheese. That's right. Cage shows, Matt Damon and, is who has to pull Nick Cage off of the animatronics. Like the manager of the Chuck E. Cheese or something. Yeah. <laughs> or imagine or you give him like headgear too. <laughs> or have him be like Charles Entertainment Cheese, like be the, like the namesake of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> like they're actual human being. You find out there's a real human being behind the like the name. Are you aware that there was a Chuck E. Cheese movie made in? I want to say 98. I feel like I am. But like the I one I have like, brought it up before. Like the fast food product placement that really stands out, like movie wise, is Mac and Me because that was supposed to be um, McDonald's. I, it's Chuck E. Cheese in the Galaxy 5000, 1999. Oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah, I just pulled it up too. Hey, four point seven out of ten. Maybe it. Uh, maybe it's seventy. So a lot of the people in it, because that movie was actually made by Funimation. Funimation, people may know as the company responsible for dubbing a majority of, like, uh, being the most famous company that does the English voice casting for Japanese animated TV and movies. Oh, okay. So 
a lot of the voice actors in this movie have actually had roles in significant Japanese anime English dubs. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was just saying Mac and me is like, it'd be, it's like right at that level, you know, where it's like super product placement, you know? <laughs> I was like McDonald's, like I think Coke's in there, Skittles maybe too. But again, speaking of Paul Rudd, that is the greatest thing he's ever done. Whenever he goes on Conan uh, and he plays the same clip from Mac and me every single time. <laughs> and he always, uh, he always dupes Conan into playing it. It's so yeah. good. But yeah, so Matt Damon, King of the Cameo, one year anniversary. I think uh, I think we're gonna keep going, maybe. I think, I think, I think so. I think we're gonna keep going, and we do have to keep going because next week uh, we have another show. But in the meantime, like, where can people find us on the internet? All right, so for streaming, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and several other streaming resources thanks to anchor um if you looking for us on social media we are on instagram and facebook at happy hour films podcast give us a like give us a follow shoot us a message have a comment we love to hear from y'all absolutely yeah and so as we have finished our one year anniversary obviously we got to keep doing more shows we got to do something different so Rather than revisit our Amy Adams episode and just redo her and do her, give her the justice she probably deserves. We'll do that later. But we're going to jump into, since it is the summer blockbuster season, we're going to do some blockbusters for the month of June. And now for those some- of you that are younger in our audience, we know blockbusters have been moved to April and like November, but. Right. Well, May for a little bit for Marvel. Yeah. Marvel is always releasing in May, but not anymore. But, um, Years ago, in the in the heyday, the golden age of the blockbuster, it was always the summer was when shit would go down. And we're going to start off with a good one for the first uh, first episode of June. Technically, it'll be this episode because that comes out the third. But the uh, the first official June episode is going to feature. Um, OK, I'm going to put it this way. It's going to feature a lovable little alien who likes candy. It's going to feature a gruff man who likes to find antiquities, and it's going to feature a big fucking shark. <laughs> and they all have a director in common. They do. They all share the same uh, the same uh, director for all these movies, and we're going to talk about him uh, at one least more time. one more episode this month. Yeah, we're going to talk about him at least one more time with one of my favorite movies of all time, a movie I've seen God knows how many times. It's, it's and, a uh, and a movie that I have been noted as saying has my favorite score. <laughs> Absolutely. So until that time when we talk about Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and E.T., I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McGuigan. And thank you very much for one year of listening. It has been amazing. You've put up with us for a full year, and I appreciate that. (laughs) And we're going to keep doing it. So until next time, we will see you then. So long. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition.